Welcome to our North Church podcast. We hope this message encourages you. For further information about our church, please visit churchnorth.com or check out our social media at Church North. Today's speaker is Pastor Dave Niblock. Well, it's great to see you here. Welcome to church. And um, we are in the middle of our Pursuit series. I think this is the fifth pursuit. And uh, you can catch up on all of the pursuits that we've been talking about. And uh, you can read on them on the uh, foyer as you walk in. They're also on our website. And uh, we are, these are the things that we are aiming for as a church. We're not saying we're there yet. We're not saying we've nailed them. We're not saying like we're smashing it. We're saying like these are some of the things that we're reaching towards. It's why it's called a, like a pursuit. And so we've looked at ones like um, a community of kind, loving, confident and generous people who love to give their lives to serve God. And this week we had a confidence workshop, which went really well. And thank you for those of you that came. We spoke about a community of all kinds of people who love all kinds of people. And we spoke about a community of people who believe God can do the impossible. We spoke and Tyrone spoke a couple of weeks ago about a community of um, people who are Christ-like in character and deed, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'm going to continue today, and you're going to like the one next week, because the next week's about sharing our faith boldly in our locality. And we have a guest who's going to be coming all the way up from Portsmouth, his name is Andy Elms, and he's going to be sharing that. And uh, it's, it's, it's going to be really good next Sunday. But today we're going to get into this, and uh, we're going to get into it straight away. And I want to read from Ecclesiastes chapter 8, and uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 8, and hopefully this will make sense to you. Verse 15 of Ecclesiastes 8. It says this, so I commend the enjoyment of life. And everybody said, oh that's pathetic. So I commend the enjoyment of life. And everybody said, because there is nothing better for a person under the sun in Leeds than to eat. Amen. And drink, amen, with limits, and be glad. Then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of their life. God has given them under the sun. And so I want to preach about something I've never actually preached about. I never actually preached about this in my years of preaching. I'm not sure I've even heard a message preached about what I'm about to speak about today. And yet it is something we experience from birth to death. And every day we have the opportunity to experience this. And it is one of our pursuits. And so today we're going to speak about a community of people who love fun, celebrate fun, and include others to have fun. Community people who love fun, celebrate fun and include others to have fun. Now some of you, if this is your first time today, you're going to be like, do these guys even talk about Jesus? Do these guys talk about, you know, like the real fundamental matters of the faith? And the answer is, yes, we do. And you can catch up with any of those messages, hopefully, and you'll realize that we are Jesus-believing, Bible-believing, washed-in-the-blood salvation, thankful Christians. And uh, you'll happen to be on a week where we are on one of our 12. And so I am going to be speaking about fun, but it is going to be related to the word of God. And I know sometimes some of you are like, this is the last thing I want to hear about today. 
because I've not had a fun week or I'm not in a fun season of my life and I'm not in a fun place in my soul or in my mind. And so I like talk to me about anything else, but don't talk to me about fun. Well, I, I hope today I'm going to say something which might just remind you the importance of fun in our lives. And um, in fact, to kick this off, to make it a little bit more memorable, could you play some, play some music? It doesn't matter. Any just good, good, good music. Um, upbeat. Here we are. And then um, why don't these guys, come on, just throw some of these in. And the challenge is the ball can't drop on the floor, okay? Can't drop on the floor. If it drops on the floor, your team loses. Oh, we've lost. We've lost. Keep it up. Keep it. Keep focused, guys. Keep focused. Don't let it drop. Don't let it drop. Send it back, youth. Send it back. Send it back. Send it back. Oh, one's on the floor. Ten more seconds. Five, four, three, two. He just got hit in the face. Fantastic. Kill the music. beach balls we could have done with about 10 more but it's good question what is your response to that last minute (laughs) what is your response to that last minute of church what is your disposition to what just took place in the last minute because I'll tell you what happened what I saw as soon as these balls kind of went into the air young people who were like this went (laughs) (laughs) Others of you, I won't name who you are, <laughs> sat like this. <laughs> what is your response? What is your disposition? I did it on purpose. Because when you're young, you see something like that and you think opportunity. Opportunity for fun lies ahead. Take it now. As you get older, and I'm not putting an age limit on it, just like older, because you can be young and old and you can be old and young. But as you get older, you can see the beach balls, you hear the music, and you can think, oh, this is so silly. So silly. So immature. A waste of time. I come to church. I'm not going to... You see, when you're really young, really young, and I know this because I have four young kids in my house, when you're really young, your whole life revolves around food, love, and fun. That is it. As long as I'm fed, as long as I'm loved and I feel safe, and as long as there is fun, like, I'm good. But as we get older, we still love the food. We still love the love and the fun kind of drifts out a little bit. And I understand why. 
I think it's because life becomes harder sometimes. You face real trials in life. People let us down. And things just get a little bit more serious as life develops. Three-year-olds don't have to deal with mortgage prices going up. Four-year-olds don't have to worry about the cost of fuel. Six-year-olds don't have to organize a family, you know, to get out of the house in the morning. They don't have to work in jobs and employment. And so the whole world revolves around what I can do for me and how it's going to make me feel. But within all of those things, no matter how young or how old we are in age or biological age or even how old we sense we are, within it all, what I'm charging you today and what I'm asking of all of us is let us not lose our God-given appetite for fun. And I use those words carefully, a God-given appetite. I don't think fun, the desire for fun in humanity is almost like an error when God coded us or put the software system in us. Oh my gosh, I didn't mean to do that. Like, I think God has orchestrated the appetite in our lives to enjoy life. We read it in Ecclesiastes. Look what it says. I commend the enjoyment of life. I think you have a God-given appetite for fun. Now, when you do a Bible search for fun, like I have been doing this week when I prepare for <laughs> preaching, you know, when I'm speaking about the cross or when you're speaking about, you know, what we've spoken about the last few weeks, Christ-like character or God doing the impossible or, you know, all of those aspects. It's like the word of God just flows with all of that. You, you try putting fun into the Bible gateway. Doesn't really help. Ab said to me today, this week, how's my message prep coming? I'm like, it's pretty challenging. <laughs> because it's not like I can just take a scripture and go, well, there's the, what the Bible says, so therefore. And you could almost go, well, if the Bible doesn't talk a lot about fun, then surely it's not as essential as we think it is. And I could understand why you would say that. Because when you do search for the word fun in like the NIV version, for example, the only time fun is mentioned is in the book of Acts after the day of Pentecost when they started speaking in tongues and people started poking fun at them. (laughs) They got the beach balls out and started poking fun at the disciples who were speaking in other tongues and other languages. That is the only time you'll find the reference really in the NIV or like the standard versions for fun. And many of you have been poked fun at. I've, I've been poked fun at me for being a Christian for many times in my life. In fact, I was talking to Jay, who's my nine-year-old, and a person in his football team was laughing at him and poking fun at him for being a Christian and going to church. And I say, oh, Jay, you're in good company. I had that 30 years ago. Don't worry, just laugh it off. And he kind of gets it because it's kind of standard. Because the perception is you go to church, you follow God, therefore you probably don't have any fun in your life. You spend your Sunday mornings or Sunday nights like it is tonight in church or with other Christians and you must just sit around a table and just come kind of go, come by my Lord. Like, like we're off, you know, doing all sorts of fun, but you as Christians are so boring. Would be many of the world's perspective on Christians. But I think it's time to start showing the world <laughs> How much fun life can be 
as a follower of Jesus. In fact, how much more fun it can be. And sure, there are times in, for example, like the the message version and other translations where it says life is not all fun and games. And we know that. We know life is not all fun and games. See that this week in the news, major news in America and around the world and wars and major news which requires delicate conversation. Major news that requires, you know what, uh, empathy and understanding and conversation and dialogue and like that's not the time to get the beach balls out so we know life is not all fun and games but I also know that the spirit of God within you the ruach the Hebrew the ruach the spirit of God is the breath of God it is a wind it is a life-giving force and the reality is when life becomes pressured or pressurized when life becomes painful When life becomes difficult, you need to press into God like never before. You need to press into good people like never before. And there are times, personally speaking, in my life when my soul has needed a distraction, when I've been in times of pressure, or when I've been in times of pain, or when I've been in times of difficulty. It doesn't remove the pressure, doesn't necessarily remove the pain, and doesn't necessarily get rid of the difficulty, but it helps me provide a distraction. And the fun of my life has had the ability to provide that. And sometimes you can go home from work and you've had a bad day at work and things haven't gone well, things have been said, or reports have come in, it's just like, oh, this is not good, and you get home and you're greeted by like three of your kids who are like going, daddy, like, Let's play now. (laughs) And as hard as it is sometimes, because the challenge still remains, the difficulty is still there. But I tell you what, there is something about engaging in a fun activity or engaging in a spirit of fun, which quickly provides a distraction from what I'm feeling or from what I'm facing. And fun has the ability to provide that. What it says in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. Proverbs 17 verse 22 says this, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Let's all be honest, there are many times in life when you don't want fun and you don't want laughter. Are you with me on that? (laughs) I, like, I don't want fun. I don't want to listen to comedy. I don't want to watch a funny film. Like, I don't want fun friends to come over and have fun. I just, like, I just don't want that. And I understand there are times when we don't want that. But question, when do you need medicine? When you're sick. When you're sick of life, and when you're sick with the circumstances of life, what does the Bible say? A cheerful heart becomes medicine for your sickness. I don't need medicine when I'm well. I need medicine when I'm sick. So therefore, I propose to you today, church, when you are sick in life, sick of life, when you are unwell in aspects of life that you are facing, I propose to you that a cheerful heart, a fun spirit, Or the enjoyment of something is in fact crucial and is good medicine to your life. Let me tell you what fun isn't. Fun isn't just laughter. 
Laughter is good, but you can have fun without laughing. Fun isn't just about being silly. Fun isn't just about jumping up and down like you're at a five-year-old party. Fun is personal to you, and fun is what I would consider to be whatever you find refreshing, whatever you find rejuvenating, and whatever you find restorative to your soul, and whatever brings cheerfulness to your soul. It is refreshing, it is rejuvenating, and it is restorative. It cheers you up. And in this church, in North Church, right at the outset, what are we now? Seven weeks, eight weeks in, six weeks, seven, I don't know, one of those, one of those numbers. In the beginning stages of this church, we want to be a community of people who love fun, celebrate fun, and include others to have fun. Why? Because I think, like the Bible says, it can be a medicine to our life when things get difficult. Let me also say this, just because something is functional doesn't necessarily mean it's fun. You know when someone says to you, did you have a fun day today? And you reply back with, yeah, I went to the gym. (laughs) Now personally for me, the gym is not fun. It might be for you, but it's not for me. Why? Because fun is personal to who you are. So for me, the gym is not fun for me. The gym is functional for me. It fulfills a purpose. It does what I want it to do. But I don't leave the gym going, wow, that was fun. I don't feel refreshed. I don't feel like rejuvenated. I don't feel restored. I feel like it's a good discipline and I feel like healthier. And I feel, I suppose there could be times when I do feel like that was beneficial and refreshing to me. But I'd much prefer to go and do another fun activity that would bring those other aspects to me. And so just because something is fun doesn't necessarily mean it's functional, but it is whatever is fun to you. Now, the question I want to ask today is this. Did Jesus have fun? Question mark. Did Jesus have fun? There is no verse in the Bible or in any gospel to suggest Jesus spent a day at the water park. That Jesus spent the afternoon at the play center. That Jesus loved to go laser tag with Peter, James and John. There is no verse to suggest that Jesus did any of those what would be considered fun activities. And I think that is probably because as I'm teaching this, we can have a narrow understanding of what fun is. You see, the fun, the dictionary would say, is this. Fun is pleasure, enjoyment, amusement, excitement, leisure, relaxation, respite, rest, refreshment, recreation, joy, zest, energy, vibrancy, vigor, exuberance, enthusiasm, and liveliness. So when I ask myself, did Jesus have fun? (laughs) Did Jesus experience rest? And refreshment and joy and vigor and energy and exuberance and enthusiasm and liveliness and enjoyment? I believe the answer is categorically yes. You can't tell me he lived 33 years and never had a time of play. 
Can't tell me he lived 33 years and never had a time of joy or recreation or had a time of exuberance and energy and pleasure. You can't tell me. The Bible says that when Jesus came to earth, he was fully God, but also fully human. And so the cravings that we have would have been familiar with the cravings that he would have had. And, and, and some of those were ungodly cravings, which he denied. We see that. And then some of those cravings would have been like what I think appetite kind of cravings, which were fulfilled within him. Now, I don't have a verse to prove that. And so I don't want to kind of be preaching heresy, but I'm trying to help you understand that if those are some of the aspects of fun, then I think Jesus experienced that. Because let me tell you what the opposite of fun is. Boredom and misery are the antonyms of fun. I would categorically say Jesus was not bored. And I would categorically say that Jesus didn't live a whole life of misery. There were times when he probably did experience misery like we do. And so, serving God, building his church, building his kingdom is as fun as we want it and as we desire it and as we make it to be. And I believe building the church and building the kingdom, which was what Jesus was all about, by the way. He was all about the Father's business. He was all about the kingdom of God. I believe, therefore, that if those are some of the aspects of the description of that word, then fun was also an important part of the building of the kingdom. And let me put it like this. I do not want to belong to a boring misery kind of church I don't want to belong to a church where we're all drifting off yawning falling to sleep because everything in our church is so boring and so focused on misery like it's not exciting it's not engaging now that doesn't mean we don't talk about real issues that doesn't mean we skirt around the gospel that doesn't mean you know we we ignore key aspects of theology no but you can still talk about theology and make it exciting You can still talk about aspects of the kingdom of God with enthusiasm. You can still engage in the presence of God and worship. And guess what? Still have fun with it. And so I'm not having a go at those who might have a different style. Those styles are styles personal to them. But for me and my house and the powers that I want to belong to, I want to belong to an enjoyment, excitement, a a refreshing, a zestful, joyful, lively, enthusiastic, exuberant, vibrant, energetic kingdom. And I want to see that also in our church, which is why this is one of our pursuits. Fun is an attitude. It is a spirit. It is not simply an event or a location. And so I don't need an activity to have fun. I can have fun. I can have fun in our work office. And we do. I can have fun at home. And we do. I can have fun on the train on my own. And I don't know if that's just my makeup, my personality. But I think what I've learned to do and I've realized, I've learned to understand the enjoyment of life. That every day, every situation, every place, every restaurant, every journey, every conversation, everyone, there's, a, there's an opportunity for fun within that. And there is something about that moment that refreshes, that recreates, that is joyful, that is exuberant in my life. And I just... I don't know about it, but I've always been someone who is a fun-loving kind of guy from young till now. And like there are times when I'm serious and 
Babs will tell you there are times, or my friends will tell me there are times when I'm not always about the fun. But more often than not, if there is an opportunity to have fun, I'm all about it. So three things quickly I believe about fun. Is this making sense? Three things I believe about fun. Fun, number one is this, fun is freedom. Whenever you experience fun, there is freedom with fun. You see, engaging in fun has the ability to release you from burdens, release you from pressures, and you experience freedom from many of life's difficulties. Like I said earlier, it doesn't mean they go away, doesn't mean we ignore them, but your soul needs a share of pain and pleasure. If you were all pleasure, that's not really what life's about. And if it was all pain, that also is not what life is about. There is an equal share of pain and pleasure. Pain is the battles of life. Pleasure is the beauty of life. And we have to learn what it is to be in the rhythms of battles and beauty. Pain and pleasure. And sometimes you'll experience pain and pleasure on the same day. Sometimes you'll experience battles and beauty on the same day. It is how life has been created and shaped and formed. And maybe you've been surrounded recently by pain. Maybe you've been surrounded by those battles which have kind of just made you battle weary. The question I want to ask you today is where can you find the pleasure which can lead to freedom? Where can you find the enjoyment? Because we all need a release through fun and enjoyment. And whatever that looks like for you, as long as it's legal, (laughs) can I encourage you, when you are in those times, if you feel held captive, if you feel just surrounded, if you feel just like under like a cloud or... Can I encourage you to remind you the importance of enjoyment and the, import, the, the importance of pleasure. For me, personally, I have found fun all my life and enjoyment through sport, playing sport, watching sport, participating in sport, talking about in sport. I found, pain, I found pleasure through socializing and interacting and enjoying times with food and laughter. I've also enjoyed, I've found pleasure through tiddlywinks. Not really. Number two, whatever it is for you, however you can find that, that helps bring a release, I think that is a good thing. Second thing is this, fun is fulfillment. Fun is freedom, number one. Fun is fulfillment, number two. What I mean by that, fun helps you feel full. There is a contentment and there is a fulfillment which is biblical, which is a Christ-like quality as your soul finds the fulfillment of life. What does Paul the Apostle says? He goes, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. The opportunity to feel full, the full sense of fulfillment in the purpose of life, in family, in employment, in church, in friends and whatever that might is. And sometimes we're not always fully full. Sometimes, yeah, well, I'm fulfilled to a point. But what fun enables you to do is experience the fulfillment of life. You know, Solomon, who was all confused, who in fact writes the book of Ecclesiastes. And he also writes a lot about something called everything is meaningless. He's in a bad place and he says everything is meaningless. And he got so busy working that it didn't fulfill him. 
In fact, look what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 7 to 8. It says this, I turned my head and saw yet another wisp of smoke on its way to nothingness. A solitary person, completely alone, no children, no family, no friends, yet working obsessively late into the night. Compulsively greedy for more and more. Never, never bothering to ask, why am I working like a dog? Never having any fun. And who cares? More smoke, a bad business. And I kind of know that scripture kind of hits hard a little bit because some of you work late into the night and some of you can re- resonate with this and go, I spend so much of my time working, spend so much of my time like just making, like doing stuff and making things work. And for some of you, it is essential because you have to put food on the table. And for some of you, it's really important because it's a major part of your life. And I get that. But it's nothing worth that. You know, what does the Bible say? What good is it for man to gain the whole world at the expense of his soul? And your soul needs Jesus as its Lord and Saviour. But your soul also needs to find times of refreshment and recreation and enthusiasm and joy and fulfilment. And when the created, me and you, engages with the creator's creation, that's magical. That's fun. Say that again. When the created engages with the creator's creation that's magical remember one years ago when I was in Australia before I was uh, married and went up with a bunch of friends up the east coast of Australia and found ourselves uh, at this place near um, near Cairns and we found this like what only can be decided like as a natural water slide <laughs> in these mountains and literally the waterfalls were like foot hammering down this huge mountain and we found this huge slope on this. And people were doing it, so we followed them. And it was like there was nothing safe about it. <laughs> there was nothing like man-made about it. There was just the opportunity to get to the top and literally slide down this rock into a huge pool. We must have spent six hours, just me and my mates, just sliding down. And then go like slide. I'm like 21, like sliding down. Why? Because it was the creator, the created Enjoying the created's, creator's creation. Something magical about that. So fun is freedom. Fun is fulfillment. And finally, fun is friends. Fun is friends. And I don't normally do alliteration. I don't normally have them all like FF. But this was just helpful for, for me. It may be helpful for you today to remember. It's freedom. It's fulfillment. And it's friends. Now, I personally can have fun alone. Some of you can. I was like playing Xbox, playing FIFA, playing Call of Duty, whatever it might be, going shopping on your own. Um, You can have fun on your own. But for me, I know fun is even more enjoyable when experienced with others. You have work friends, you have church friends, you have school friends. You have family friends. I encourage you to have some fun friends. <laughs> I encourage you to have some fun friends. Those people who cheer you up. Those people that time in their company, you go, you know what? They have cheered my soul. They have cheered me up. Because we all have work friends and work friends are good. And we all have school friends and church friends and family friends. And some of those friends are essential friends. But you have to be 
careful because you can't expect always your work friends to bring fun into your life. You can't put that expectation on them. Neither can you put expectation on your family or friends or your church friends or your life group or your, you know, to make me laugh straight away. Well, that wasn't funny. But you also need friends in your life that you just know are fun. They make you feel better about life. You leave feeling refreshed after being with them. You can laugh at each other without getting offended. How many of you know that's important? To be able to laugh at each other without being, I'm so offended. So offended that you, you thought my shoes look like boats. I'm so offended that you think my hat looks, makes me, looks like my dad's hat. I'm so offended. It's called banter, friendly banter. Now, some of it could cross a line. Don't, don't get like, if, if, if someone doesn't find it funny, that's not banter. It's borderline bullying. Okay? So you have to be careful on banter because you like, if someone likes it, like I know if Stu or Tyler, I, I can banter with them and like they get it. Stu cried one time and had to go apologize. <laughs> we laugh with each other how many of you know life is serious every day like "Hmm, serious serious and I get it serious it is serious but you don't need to take it so serious 24-7 take it serious like six hours of the 24 but create some space create some space where it doesn't always have to be so serious. You know, Jesus and the disciples were on mission. They were purposeful. But don't tell me Jesus and his disciples in three years didn't have some fun. I just don't believe that. When they couldn't perform a miracle or where they were trying. You could, I bet, I bet like one of the disciples looked, look, <laughs> can't do it, man. And he's like, I tried, man, I tried my best. Jesus said, raise hands, I raised hands, nothing flipping happened. And they're walking off, and you could just see, like, the guys go, that's a joke, man, tripping him up. I just, I see that happening. When Peter would be Peter, <laughs> when Peter chopped off an ear, like, they would have been like, oh, man, like, gosh. They would have been fun, they would have been banter about some of those serious things when and one of the disciples let off wind. I said it. Some of you are like, I can't believe he's talking about Trumps. Are you telling me? Well, let's go deeper with this. Are you telling me in three years, not one of those disciples ever let off while one of the disciples were there? There were probably times around that table because they've been eating, especially they've been fasting for a while and the food comes in. It's like... Jesus was probably given some amazing wisdom. Who's that? Was that you, Bartholomew? It wasn't me. Smelt it, dealt it. When things didn't go to plan with the disciples, there would have been fun. Hey, it's okay. Why? Because we're not professionals. We're friends. 
we're friends. And our pursuit is to let's build a church, a community of people who love fun, celebrate fun. And look at what we put in the end of that pursuit, which is important. Include others. Everybody say that. Include others to have fun. Because there are people in here who don't have fun. Not because they don't want to, but because they've not been included to have it. They've not been invited to receive it. Students, foreign students, often on their own for the whole summer. From other countries who are here on their own maybe. And let's include people. When we have a laugh, let's include others to have a laugh because maybe they need it. And there might become a time, guess what, when you need to be included to have fun. And if you have fun regularly, can I encourage you to include others who might not let your fun spirit rub off on them. Let your fun spirit rub off on them. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'm going to close with this. Because we've been chatting and we think for the, next, for the next two months, July, which starts in a few days, and August, July and August, two whole months, okay? At the start of our church, we're going to call all of July and we're going to call all of August the North Summer of Fun. Okay? North Summer of Fun. And we think this is important. And so from July to August, we've created some options, opportunities for you to experience and celebrate and have fun with each other. And maybe include others who are not part of our church who could have fun with us. Now, some of these are already like organized. They are set. Some of the activities I'm about to say are not yet. We're like looking for people who might go, I'll host that, or I'll lead that. But here's some of the ideas we have that will just come on the screen right now. There's going to be a beach trip already confirmed, camping trips. We're encouraging some of you to have garden parties. A summer reading plan was what some people wanted to do. A bike trip that Gavin Robom is doing, intermediate, can I just say, not expert level. Summer drinks get-togethers, walking in the peaks, a golf day is taking place. We have our party in the park on the 10th of July. Bowling is happening. There is a bake-off. Um, two doors down in the archive coffee shop, there's a jazz and pizza night already booked in. There's a tennis competition. There's going to be a church bringing share. There's an arcade night at Kirkstall down the road there. There is a salsa night plus more. Oh, I forgot one. I forgot one. Some people wanted to do a Microsoft spreadsheets party. Jen was keen on that. And I know Luke Morgan's already signed up for that. And so if you love spreadsheets and you're just going to go, well, you know, if you press this button, you put this code and boom. Oh my God. You can also sign up to the Microsoft spreadsheets party. Whatever floats your boat. So... On our website, North, churchnorth.com, there is going to be a link on there and you click on it and it will lead you to whole lots of things. Now, some of them have details to be confirmed because some of them we're waiting for people to step up because we only have like a few staff. So we're not organizing all of this for the church. But some of you might, I'll host this. I'd love to organize this. People will sign up for the church suite. And we're trying to do lots of activities that aren't going to cost a fortune. How many of you know, we don't, people don't want to be spending stacks of money over the next two months. And so things that are cost-effective and enjoyable and create opportunities for you to have fun together in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's stand up to our feet. We need to close.